Hey, what is going on, guys? DK back at you with another video here to break down the 10 game NBA slate on Wednesday. I don't know about you guys, but we've had a lot of really good sized slates the last couple of weeks. Uh, 10 is usually on the high end for me, but still, it seems like we're having like six to eight game slates every single day, which I really, really uh, like. So hopefully, I don't even look at the schedule, but hopefully, this continues uh, going to uh, you know end the regular season. But um, yeah, before we talk about this slate, uh, let's recap last night or tonight, I should say. Um, so Going over my lineup here, I'll get out of the way so you guys can see. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I ate the chalk with the Hawks with uh, Trey Young, AJ Griffin, and Bogdanovich. I was actually really, really surprised they started to bog down Bogdanovich because we have seen throughout the year if one of Trey Young or John T. Murray miss, they usually go to like Aaron Holiday or AJ Griffin. So I was shocked that Bogdanovich started. Um, I was going to play him either way, but I just was not expecting him to start. Griffin was fine. Um, can we talk about the Kata Bates Diop first minutes, first half minutes for Bates Diop? Gregory Popovich, man. Gregory Popovich. Hmm. You mean to tell me Bates Diop, when there's only one or two guys out for the Spurs and he starts, he's playing 30 to 35 minutes a night. Literally half the team out, nine first half minutes. Okay, sure, right? What are we doing here? How do the Bates Diop faders know? How do they know? Now, obviously, I knew the blowout risk. How do they know the first half minutes he would play a season low, right? That's interesting. Uh, Porzingis had a really solid game of low ownership. I ate the chalk of Mamukla Shvaley. And then this real, or the couple other things that really, really tilted me. How did the JV people know that he would play the whole fourth quarter in a 50-point blowout, right? Why can't I run good like that? It's literally a 50-point game in the fourth quarter, and JV plays almost the entire fourth at elevated ownership and absolutely smashes. If I had Jonas Valanciunas, no way. Right? It's Hernan Gomez or Jackson Hayes out there. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But JV in competitive games a couple weeks ago, we're playing them 10 to 15 minutes. A game that's a massive blowout? Ah, let him play the whole fourth quarter. How? How? Have the Kings, right? No one played the Kings, and I mean no one. I have Keegan Murray. Sabonis at 3% is absolutely smashing on pace to break the slate. Random massive blowout. And yes, it is random. Five-point spread. It is random. The only way that anyone can comment that it's not random is show me the ticket. That, those are the rules. Show me your ticket. No ticket. It's random. The five-point spread. Don't want anyone telling me that's not random. It was a random, massive blowout. But, again, the Kings, it's a 20-point game with six minutes to go. They wave the white flag. But JV, literally up by 40, plays the whole fourth quarter. I can't get a little bit more run for Sabonis? That's what I'm talking about. No one runs worse. No one runs worse. Sabonis was smashing. And I get punished with a massive blowout. I know you guys missed the tilt, so here you go. I'm a, yeah, I'm a little bit mad. I'm a little bit upset right now. Still had a great day overall. Like still profited in DFS. Had a great day in prize picks as well. Went four and two. But yeah, the, uh, the JV thing, playing the whole fourth, 
The Kings hitting pull, the waving the white flag so incredibly early. Bates Diop nine first half minutes. It just come on, come on. Um, another guy that I really liked, that I didn't end up getting to. I was trying to get him was Marvin Bagley. We talked about it in the Patreon stream. I loved him and his ownership. I just couldn't find a way because I was I really wanted to prioritize Porzingis and Sabonis, and obviously I was not going to fade Trey Young. So it was it was tough for me to make it work um, to get Marvin Bagley in there. So I didn't end up doing it, but he smashed and a few people. Let's see if I have it up. Um, a few people played him. First place, um, I believe, yeah, 12% Bagley one for 54 fancy points. We had a lot of big winners tonight. Um, another, what, $3,000 win, Marvin Bagley, again, at 9%. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people had great days. I love to see that. But, um, yeah, so that's the recap there for myself. Again, prize picks. It was a good day for me as well. Um, if you guys are first-time user of Prize Picks, make sure to use the code DKDFS for 100% match up to $100. I have a link down below as well. And if you're looking for premium content for DFS or Prize Picks, you can find that in the description below. But yeah, hey, we move on to day three of the ladder challenge. Porzingis, Sabonis, I was going to be so, so, so mad if I would have got screwed by the random massive blowout. Sabonis went over by one, easily on pace to go over. It gets pulled to six minutes to go. If he would have went under that, I would have been so incredibly mad. But yeah, we're moving on to day three of the ladder challenge. And again, had a profitable day overall, Taco Tuesday. Um, the only two props I missed were Bates Diop fantasy score. He missed like a couple. Um, massive blowout, which obviously I, that was not random. Uh, that was uh, I knew that was a possibility. But the first half minutes for Bates Diop, you, you can't do that. And then the only other one I missed, I had Marvin Bagley rebounds. Eight and a half rebounds. He plays 41 minutes and goes for hooks me for eight rebounds. How do you not go over eight and a half rebounds in 41 minutes? That's what I want to know. I think I could go over eight and a half rebounds. I could fall into some rebounds. But uh, yeah, so that's a recap of everything, guys. And uh, let's move on to this 10-game slate. So we'll start off with Denver. Good matchup here against Washington Wizards. I like Jokic. I like Jamal Murray. Uh, if the game stays competitive, you're going to see you know 36 to 38 minutes for both these guys. So um, I think both are a little bit too cheap. Gordon, MPJ are both reasonable plays. These guys can have ceiling games when they're fully healthy, but it's a little bit less likely. KCP is always just the 3 and D guy. That's like a filler play. Uh, if he knocks out a shot, so he did three games ago, he can have a good game. But a lot of the times he's hovering that 15 to 20 fancy point range. I don't know if I get to anyone else. Bruce Brown's 4-4. Play mid-20s minutes. I guess he's fine. I'm not going to mess with likes like Reggie or Jeff Green or Christian Brown. So let's move on to Washington. I don't think Kuzma is going to be available. From what I read, it's a pretty significant ankle sprain. They were shocked he could play through it on Saturday, and there's a lot of swelling. So... Back-to-back, I don't think he plays. If that is the case, then once again, I like the ceiling quite a bit on Porzingis and Beal. Um, you know, Beal fouled out last game, which if you played Beal, uh, you got very, very unlucky. But their ceiling goes way up with Kuzma off the court. And then you just get more run for guys like Kispert and Gafford and Denny. Um, you know, against Nikola Jokic, they probably do play Gafford a bit more. Um, you know, you probably will still get some Porzingis minutes at the five, but I would think that, that Gafford might play a little bit more against Nikola Jokic. Maybe they'll dust off, like, I don't know, Taj Gibson or something. But, um, yeah, if Guzma's out again, Denny, Kispert. I mean, I think you make the argument for Matu Morris. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he had a pretty good game. It's also a revenge game against his former team. He's reasonable at uh, at this price point. New York and Miami, so pretty ugly game here. Not a ton that stands out. I mean, for the Knicks, the positive is Randall and Brunson are going to play a ton. I think Brunson's a little bit too cheap even for the bad matchup, but kind of tough for me to go to either of them. I'm not going to go to Quickly or Hart or Barrett. Those are Robinson, Hartenstein are splitting the center minutes. They're both just fine tournament plays. So not a ton on the Knicks side. Kind of the same thing for Miami. 
Um, we'll keep an eye on the status of Martin and Lowry. If Martin's out, maybe get a couple more minutes for guys like Love and Struess. If Lowry's out, I think Oladipo and Gabe Vincent would benefit a bit. But as far as the top end guys go, Jimmy, Bam, and Hero, I think they're they're all playable. I wouldn't call any of these guys priorities. Jimmy's played extremely well of late. Bam in a bio, sub 8K. Um, you know, he's gone for 40 plus the last three. And Tyler Hero, the cheapest of the bunch, probably plays mid-30s minutes and does have the shooting guard eligibility. So I think I have interest in all three of those guys. If Martin and Lowry are in, I don't think I'm going to get to the secondary guys. If they're both out, then again, Struess, Love, Oladipo, Vincent become playable. Indiana and Toronto. The big news we're waiting for is Halburn. He's questionable. Also, Chris Duarte is, I believe, questionable too. Um, if they're both in, I don't think there's anything I'm really looking to. If Halbert and Duarte are both out, then I think, you know, McConnell off the bench in 25 to 30 minutes becomes an interesting option. I think, you know, Turner, Heald, Matherin, you know, basically all like the main guys are playable tournament options, but there would be no standouts for me. Um, so, yeah, like Matherin started last game and played, what, 30 minutes. He's got the shooting guard small forward eligibility. If he starts again, sure, I'm fine with it, but... We're on to Toronto. So Toronto, uh, we got Scotty Barnes is questionable. I don't think he's going to play. He didn't go through practice. So my guess is that we're going to get Gary Trent Jr. in the starting lineup. I was talking about this a little bit earlier. I don't know why I completely forgot about Gary Trent Jr. But I was like trying to think like, all right, who is Scotty Barnes? Who's like, let's just throw Gary Trent. Let's just assume he was out and Scotty Barnes is going to miss. I was trying to figure out like who the starter was going to be. Like it literally could have been like 10 guys. Like it would have been Boucher or Achua or Barton or Thad Young. I was like, oh wait, they have Gary Trent Jr. Like what am I thinking? So um, I assume Gary Trent Jr. is going to start. If that's the case, he's probably going to become one of the more popular uh, plays in the mid-range on the slate. I would assume he would play mid-30s minutes if that is the case. And if he knocks down his shots, clearly has the ceiling. As far as the top-end guys go, Siakam, Van Fleet, they should play close to 40 minutes. Uh, they're both reasonably priced. I think they're they're solid options. Van Fleet's been playing pretty well of late. Jakob Pertl, 6.9. He should play around 30 minutes. He still has a ceiling. So, And even OG Ananobi, uh, Ananobi would look a little bit better if Scotty Barnes is out. So... This team does look relatively appealing if Barnes is out. If Barnes is in, I think it's just the main guys to look to. And then, you know, you probably get a little bit of a minute bump for guys like Boucher, Achua, Barton off the bench. I think my favorite of those would be my boy Boucher, who's just the best point per minute. But Achua, Barton, probably a little bit more too if Scotty Barnes does not play. Golden State and Dallas. So you got Draymond probable, Looney probable, um, Steph Curry 9-7. I always like a ceiling in tournaments. Um, does feel a little bit underpriced, but probably won't be super popular. I don't know if I get to Clay or Pool. I think Draymond is always a fine filler play for me. Probably won't kill you, but hasn't really shown that big upside. The minutes have been down a bit on DiVincenzo. I don't think I'm going to get to Looney or Kaminga. So I would say mainly just Steph and Draymond. I mean, I guess a, a Clay can always have those pop-off games. He makes his shots, but it's just a matter of will he make a shot. So I guess, yeah, yes, you can consider Clay Thompson at 7K. For Dallas, so we got Luka and Kyrie both questionable. I know Kyrie aggravated his injury. Um, so I don't know if he'll be available. Luca's also been out for a while. So if they're both in, there's really nothing I like. I assume, I assume Luca would be on some sort of a limit. And then I wouldn't play Kyrie if Luca's there at 10 K. Um, if Luca's out, Kyrie plays. I like Kyrie. If Kyrie's out and Luca plays and it's not on a limit, then you can make the argument for Luca. If they're both out, then we get a situation where, you know, Hardy and Josh Green become really good plays sub 5k. Hardy would most likely start at the point, most likely to play big minutes. Green will get a massive usage bump and probably play, you know, mid to high 30s minutes. Tim Hardaway Jr. would look better. Christian Wood also, his minutes have been way up of late. Uh, 28, 34, 29. If he continues to play around 30 minutes a game, I still think he's certainly playable at this price point. My only concern is, will the minutes continue to be there for him? I'm not so sure. So there's always that risk. And then guys like, 
you know, Reggie Bullock and Kleba and even McKinley Wright could be viable options if both Luka and Kyrie are out. Philadelphia and Chicago. So uh, we got to keep an eye on James Harden news. He's questionable. If he misses, then obviously Embiid looks better at the top. And then, you know, Maxi and Melton and Harris all look a lot better. Shake Milton would be viable off the bench. So there'd be a good amount to like here if Harden is out. If Harden's in, I think it would just be Embiid and Harden for me. But yeah, if Harden's out, I think my favorite play probably would be a 6.9K Maxi, who should play close to 40 minutes, uh, you know, be the guy that, you know, kind of is the go-to guy with Embiid on offense. But you get a usage bump for Harris, uh, a minutes and usage bump for DeAnthony Melton. You would get Shake Milton probably playing low to mid-20s minutes off the bench two games ago. Uh, last last couple games, 26, 28 minutes. Again, those were in blowouts, though. So um, those guys all look better. If Tucker's out, we've been getting Daniel House starting, but I'm not going to go there. I think the only way or the only like wing I would play if Tucker's out would be McDaniels if he starts. But um, yeah, I'll probably stay away from those guys. For Chicago, so here's the positive for Chicago. They're playing their main guys a ton of minutes. Like in competitive games, you're getting close to 40 minutes from DeRozan and Levine and Vucevic. Um, you know, there is some foul risk for Vooch, but he has played well against Embiid. DeRozan and Levine should play a ton of minutes. The Bulls have playing a bit better of late. So I have interest in all three. Again, though, the tough part is trying to figure out who it's going to be that is a really big game. Pat Beverly also playing pretty big minutes. I expect him to play, I don't know, 25 to 30. I think he's a reasonable value play. He'll look a little bit better if Caruso's out. Caruso's questionable. If Caruso misses, he'll get more solidified minutes for guys like Pat Williams and Kobe White. Um, Pat Williams, 33, 32 minutes last couple games. Kobe White uh, has been playing, you know, high 20s minutes. So those guys would be viable options. There's no Caruso. Um, Houston and Memphis. So uh, no Jay Sean Tate for Houston. Uh, I will continue to mention this. They're running a really, really tight rotation. They're playing their main guys a ton. So I once again like the Rockets a lot for tournaments. KPJ, Jalen Green, Shingoon. These guys all have a ceiling. KPJ and Green should play close to 40 minutes if the game can stay competitive. Pingoon minutes, but a little bit more up in the air, but he'll be very productive when he's on the court. And then Jabari Smith, I probably won't get to with Shingun in. He's a guy I always like to prioritize when Shingun is out and he plays the five. Tar Eason moving back to the bench at 6-1 feels a bit too pricey for me. And then KJ Martin, 5-2. He'll see low 30s minutes. He's always just like a fine filler play for me. I don't know if I get to anyone else. I mean, Christopher probably plays a little bit more without Jay Sean Tate. He played 22 minutes last game. So, like, I guess if I had to pick someone off the bench, probably would be 3.4K Christopher. But I don't think it's necessary to go there. For Memphis, so this is a little bit tricky to talk about. We got John Morant expected to be back, but we don't know. I don't think he's going to play normal minutes. He said he might even come back off the bench. So, for me, I'm probably staying away from Bain and Tyus Jones at elevated price points. Um, Jaron Jackson, I think, would still be playable. Um, he's been getting minutes at the five. He got in massive foul trouble, which again is not a surprise because that is uh, always possible. Jaron Jackson Jr. But um, if he stays out of foul trouble, he's been playing mid thirties minutes. I would say Jaron Jackson would probably be my favorite option. Tillman's fine. Aldama smashed last game, which I was really tilted about because I had him originally in and was hoping that Jaron Jackson Jr. wouldn't play. Of course, Jaron Jackson Jr. gets ruled in. I pivot off Aldama to Fontecchio. And Jaron Jackson gets a massive foul trouble while Aldama goes for 50. So it's like, that's just great. That is just great. But with Dylan Brooks out, though, so I don't know who they're going to start. I mean, they could go Roddy. They could go Conchar. They could, they could go Kennard. So I guess whoever starts for Dylan Brooks is going to look relatively appealing. So I don't think they'll go like Ja, Jones, Bain backcourt. I don't think they'll do that. So I think we'll probably see one of like, Roddy or Conchar or Kennard start. So whoever it is that starts for Brooks, I think would be a solid value play. San Antonio, Milwaukee. I mean, who knows, right? Uh, 
it's just impossible to talk about. We're probably going to get a completely different team playing. The Spurs are just doing it. They're just resting a lot of guys one night and then like the other half the other night. So I don't know. I mean, if all these guys are out again, then yes, we can start looking at guys like Mamouklish, Faley, and, you know, Blake Wesley or Bates Diop, even though they didn't play a ton, McDermott. But I just, it's impossible to talk about. It's literally impossible. If they're all healthy, then there's not really anything I would go to. But I'd be pretty surprised if everyone plays here for the Spurs. So they're just like really just, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Like it's just impossible to say. For Milwaukee, there's massive blowout risk here. Um, I like the ceiling on Giannis if you think the Spurs can somehow keep the game competitive. But there's really nothing else. It'll only get to Middleton or Drew or Portis or Lopez. Um, you know, Crowder's out, but I still don't know if I'd get to like Ingles or Allen or Connaughton. So pretty easy team to talk about. Atlanta, Minnesota. This one comes down to the status of Jante Murray. If Murray's in, I think, you know, the main guys are playable for tournaments. There'd be no priorities. If Murray's out, then I really like Trey Young in 9-4, who should play, you know, low to mid-30s minutes, uh, become their clear go-to guy. And then you get Bogdanovich usage bump, DeAndre Hunter usage bump, more minutes for guys like Bay and Griffin. You know, Capella and Okongu maybe look slightly better. So um, there'd be a good amount to like here if DeJounte Murray is out. Uh, but if he's in, I think just a lot of tournament plays for me. For Minnesota, also kind of tricky to talk about because you have Ant questionable. And now you got Carl Anthony Towns questionable. Um, if they're both in, I'll probably just stay away from this team. If they're both out, then, you know, I like the main guys here. I, Conley, Slomo. I mentioned these guys last night in Patreon, how I just thought they were going to be under-owned. I really like them in tournaments. Conley won for 50-plus. You saw a pretty big game from Gobert, who played 37 minutes. Slow-mo, McDaniels, Prince all look better. Obviously, Prince had just the absolute ceiling game going 12 of 13. Um, he would still be playable if he starts. Noel um, played 20 minutes in his first game back, and that was a little bit more than I expected. He would even be a viable option. So there would be a good amount to like here if Cat and, Ant- and Anthony Edwards are out. If they're both in, I don't think I'm going to get to anyone. Portland and Utah, so... We have no Grant, no Simons. We don't know the status of Nasir Little. So I assume the starting lineup is going to be Dame, Reddish, Thibel, Watford, Nurkic. Um, I guess if Little's available, they could go like Little over Watford. But I like the ceiling quite a bit on a 10.5K Dame going up against the Jazz. My boy Nurkic, if they don't troll his minutes and he plays close to 30 minutes, clearly has a ceiling. We saw him go for 50 last slate. Um, Watford, I think I would like him better if he starts. If he comes off the bench, he'd still be playable. His minutes have been way up of late. Reddish and Thibel were both not great last game, but um, you should get Reddish starting playing 30-plus minutes. I like him for value. His ownership might be a little bit lower than it should be based on recency bias. And Matisse Thibel will also play a bit more, too. So there would actually be a good amount to like here. I think you could even make the argument for, like, Eubanks or Sharp or Little off the bench. So um, actually a good amount to like here for Portland. On the Utah side, comes down to the status of Laurie Marketing, and it sounds like he's going to play. He went through practice... Um, today so i assume he'll be available if that's the case then i think it would mainly just be Lori i look to because a lot of these guys are priced up from when Lori was out last game um but if Lori's out then i think you can start making the argument still for like olenic and tht and kessler again if tht didn't get massive foul trouble last game he would have played like 30-ish minutes um you know abachi 5k meh, meh. i would only consider him if there's no marketing so if marketing's in I think it's basically just him. If Markin's out, then we can start looking to some of these secondary plays. And finally, Phoenix and the Lakers. So no KD, no DeAndre Ayton. Um, I like the ceiling on Booker and Paul a good amount here. I expect Booker to play, I don't know, high 30s minutes in a good matchup. Chris Paul should play low to mid 30s minutes, be productive when he's on the court. So I like both the main guys here for Phoenix in a good matchup. And then you should get Biombo and Landel splitting the center position. Last game, Biombo started, played 20 minutes. 
Landell uh, came off the bench, played 15. So they didn't play the full um, 48 combined, but they were they ran a weird work, rotation where I think you would probably see close to 48 minutes for both Landell and Biombo. So they look good as far as value goes. Okoji, Craig, you know, Shamet, they're reasonable. Um, wouldn't call them priorities. Campaign will back up Chris Paul, play whatever he doesn't play. So that is the Suns. And finally, the Lakers. Uh, Anthony Davis, 10-4. He's been really quiet last couple games, but you would think this is the get-right spot going up against this Phoenix Suns uh, front court without DeAndre Ayton. So I like him for tournaments. I think there's no one else that really stands out. I mean, I'll mention Austin Reeves, who's been playing phenomenal of late, but 6.4K coming off the bench. Ugh, it feels like a lot. Uh, D'Lo has had a couple of good games with Anthony Davis and more of a tournament play. I don't know if I'm going to get to Vanderbilt or Schroeder or Beasley, Troy Brown. Eh. I mean, Beasley, if he knocks down his shots, can get there, but he has really struggled with a shot of late. So, um, yeah, that's going to do it for the Lakers, and that's going to wrap it up for the video as well. So, Again, guys, if you do enjoy the DFS content, just make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Keep an eye out for the prize picks uh, video up after this. I'll have the ladder challenge day three tomorrow. Make sure to follow me on Twitter for that. Enjoy the rest of your night, guys, and we'll see you in the next video.